the Bible Study Podcast, episode 230. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 1 Samuel with chapter 5. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. You may recall in last week's episode, the Ark of the Covenant had been taken by the Philistines. And these next two chapters, and I think we'll probably do both today, look at what happened and what the consequences of that action were for the Philistines. Starting in 1 Samuel 5, verse 1. After the Philistines had captured the Ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then they carried the Ark into Dagon's temple and set it beside Dagon. When the people of Ashdod rose up early the next day, there was Dagon fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. They took Dagon and put him back in his place. But the following morning when they rose, there was Dagon fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. His head and hands had been broken off and were lying on the threshold. Only his body remained. That is why to this day neither the priests of Dagon nor any others who enter Dagon's temple at Ashdod step on the threshold." The Lord's hand was heavy on the people of Ashdod and its vicinity. He brought devastation on them and afflicted them with tumors. When the people of Ashdod saw what was happening, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not stay with us, because his hand is heavy on us and on Dagon our God. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and asked them, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They answered, Have the ark of the God of Israel moved to Gath. So they moved the ark of the God of Israel. But after they had moved it, the Lord's hand was against that city, throwing it into a great panic. He afflicted the people of that city, both young and old, with an outbreak of tumors. So they sent the Ark of God to Ekron. As the Ark of God was entering Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out, They have brought the Ark of the God of Israel around to us to kill us and our people. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and said, Send the ark of the God of Israel away. Let it go back to its own place, or it will kill us and our people. For death has filled the city with panic. God's hand was very heavy on it. Those who did not die were afflicted with tumors, and the outcry of the city went up to heaven. So the Philistines were victorious over the Israelites, and they captured the ark of the God of Israel, but they were not so happy about it later on. Even their stone idols seem to recognize the supremacy of God. And so first we get Dagon, who they keep finding bowed down, in essence, to the ark of the God of Israel. And then we also get in these three places where the ark is moved, tumors are sent from God, and the people get sick. And so they very quickly decide they really want nothing to do with this, that there is something that is powerful about this ark, that is powerful about the God behind it. Now, not so much that they abandon their own gods, they just try and get rid of this. And it's interesting how sometimes when our faith is challenged, we don't necessarily rethink our faith. We just try and drive the truth away from us. And that's really what's going on here is they can see that the God of Israel is stronger than their gods or is stronger than what they've been worshiping. It's not like they say, well, then maybe we should worship the God of Israel because it is. And that's their understanding, the God of Israel. That's really not an option or it's not something you even think about. They have their own gods. I wonder if we sometimes push away things in our life that threaten our understanding When something comes up that is inconsistent with our personal beliefs, what do we do? Do we change our beliefs or do we push that away? 
I think many people resist faith because they push away those things that are inconsistent with their understanding. They push away those things that are inconvenient. And I think many people who are Christians resist a more fuller understanding of God because they push away those things that are at odds with the way they live today. Continuing the story in 1 Samuel 6, the ark returned to Israel. When the ark of the Lord had been in Philistine territory for seven months, the Philistines called for the priests and diviners and said, What shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we should send it back to its place. They answered, If you return the ark of the God of Israel, do not send it back without a gift. By all means, send a guilt offering to him. Then you will be healed, and you will know why his hand has not been lifted from you. The Philistines asked, What guilt offering should we send to him? They replied, Five gold tumors and five gold rats, according to the number of the Philistine rulers, because the same plague has struck both you and your rulers. Make models of the tumors and of the rats that are destroying the country, and give glory to Israel's God. Perhaps he will lift his hand from you and your gods and your land. Why do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh did? When Israel's God dealt harshly with them, did they not send the Israelites out so they could go on their way? Now then, get a new cart ready with two cows that have calfed and never been yoked. Hitch the cows to the cart, but take their calves away and pen them up. Take the ark of the Lord and put it on the cart, and in a chest beside it put the gold objects you are sending back to him as a guilt offering. Send it on its way. But keep watching it. If it goes up to its own territory towards Beth Shemesh, then the Lord has brought this great disaster on us. But if it does not, then we will know that it was not his hand that has struck us, but that it happened to us by chance. So they did this. They took two such cows and hitched them to the cart and penned up their calves. They placed the ark of the Lord on the cart and along with the chest containing the gold rats and the models of the tumors. Then the cows went straight up towards Beth Shemesh, keeping on the road and lowing all the way. They did not turn to the right or the left. The rulers of the Philistines followed them as far as the border of Beth Shemesh. Now the people of Beth Shemesh were harvesting their wheat in the valley. When they looked up, they saw the ark. They rejoiced at the sight. The cart came to the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh, and there it stopped beside a large rock. The people chopped up the wood of the cart and sacrificed the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites took down the ark of the Lord, together with the chest containing the gold objects, and placed them on the large rock. On that day, the people of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices to the Lord. The five rulers of the Philistines saw all this and then returned the same day to Ekron. These are the gold tumors that the Philistines sent as a guilt offering to the Lord, one for each for Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, and the number of the gold rats was according to the number of Philistine towns belonging to the five rulers, the fortified towns with their country villages. The large rock on which the Levites set the ark of the Lord is a witness to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. But God struck down some of the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh, putting seventy of them to death because they looked into the ark of the Lord. The people mourned because of the heavy blow the Lord had dealt them. And the people of Beth Shemesh asked, Who can stand in the presence of the Lord, this holy God? To whom will the ark go up from here? Then they sent messengers to the people of Kirianath Jerim, saying, The Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up to your town. 
So the test here that the Philistines do to make sure that this is something that is really coming from God is they take these two cows, these cows that have calves, and they figure that if this is not supernatural, the cows would naturally return to their calves. These cows that will need to be milked, these cows that will need to give their milk to their calves would want to return back to the calves, but instead they continue on to Israel and the Philistines therefore know that this is something supernatural. It's an interesting test. I kind of like it. I think it shows some cleverness on their part to try and discern what's going on here. Is this something that just has happened to them or is this something that is the hand of the Lord. And their test seems to bear witness that it is in fact the hand of the Lord. So the ark returns to Israel and the Israelites celebrate it. They sacrifice the cattle. They make burnt offerings of them. But the interesting thing at the end of this story is the Israelites also are afraid of the presence of the Lord. They're afraid because they look in the ark of the covenant and 70 people die. And so this ark represents the terrifying presence of God, the shining presence of God that Moses saw when he went up to Mount Sinai. And it's important for us to remember that the God who is worshipped here and the God who was on Mount Sinai is the same God that we worship. So while we have been granted access through Jesus, we still worship an awesome God. We still worship a powerful and mighty God. And so when the Proverbs talks about the fear of the Lord as the beginning of all wisdom, It's the understanding that the God that we worship is awesome and powerful is not a bad place to start. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. We will probably take off a week or two as I will be traveling in China. But stay tuned and we'll come back for another episode of the Bible Study Podcast as we continue this study of Samuel. If you want to leave a comment on this episode, go to thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.